Uh, for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about worship. And uh, our scripture today will come from Genesis chapter 4, so you're free to turn there as we uh, prepare to look at the scripture there. How many times have you left the service and you had a critique? A critique. Criticism. The once. Well, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It may be the sermon was too long. Didn't clearly communicate to me. Maybe it was too heady or too simple. Maybe the music didn't inspire or the air conditioning wasn't on. In reality, what we're saying is, I don't like what I received. And I think there's plenty of room for getting better, right? And those, those critiques uh, are, can be valuable. But have you ever asked this question, how did I worship today? What did I bring? Was God glorified in my worship? I don't think I ask that question very often. <laughs> like, how did I do, you know? What if, what if we were to show up today and we checked, went to church, checked the box of worship, and in reality, we just proved ourselves to be rebels, worse off than we entered? Blech. <laughs> Wouldn't that be terrible? And even to make it worse, we don't even realize it. My, my prayer uh, for this message today is that we leave today with a greater understanding of worship. And most important, that we leave and we have participated in something that is pleasing to God. You know, when we, when we look at the Bible, um, we find out that it is foundational for our truth, especially as you, as you look at Genesis, uh, it is the di divine revelation of God. It is a specific revelation of God. I mean, we, we could get an idea of what it is to who God was by looking at creation and have some semblance of an idea of who God was. And in fact, that happens across the world. People are, know there is a God but they don't know how to worship Him, and they don't know who He is. And it comes through this divine revelation that God has given us, this historical uh, revelation that is a, a redemptive story that we get to peer into the divine and understand what is God's perspective. One of the things we talk about in our, uh, our class in, in uh, systematic theology when we're, when we're teaching these pastors is that God is spirit, so He is invisible to us. We, we don't see Him. So in order to understand who He is and what He wants from us, He has to explain to us. And so we go back to the Scriptures and we say, Lord, what do you want? I know what kind of is instinctive or intuitive for me, but I need to know what you say is truth, who you are and what you require of us. And so we look at Genesis, and it is foundational. It's fundamental to our understanding of who God is, and also a divine perspective on the human condition itself. We learn the attributes of God, God's special revelation, insight that we wouldn't get otherwise. So we have to look. We have to look to understand. 
In Genesis 1 and 2, we see God creating the world. We see in, uh, Adam and Eve are in this perfect relationship with God. As he walks among them, there is a closeness. And then we see the fall of all of creation and Adam and Eve's sin and removal from the presence of God. And instead of knowing him in closeness and in proximity, knowing him in, with his presence being so near, there is now a new generation, Cain and Abel, who are having to learn to relate to God, a God who is distant from them, a God that, is, uh, that they are worshiping in the midst of a hostile environment, and they are going to have to learn how to be the people of God and how to worship this God now that they are nowhere near him. How will they do that? And we start here in Genesis chapter 4, because this too is our problem. We have a God that we are not close to, and we are in a hostile environment. How will we be faithful with the presence of sin among us? In Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, we hear the story of Cain and Abel. Now, Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man from, with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain, a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, God had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry, and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. And as we know the story goes, Cain did not listen to God's word, and instead, because of his jealousy, he killed his brother. And God uh, gave judgment to Cain. Adam, I mean, Cain and Abel. This is a new thing. What were they doing in this worship? What kind of worship is that? Well, they brought things to God in order to sacrifice. Can you tell the difference between the two sacrifices? One of them was, it was uh, some, some kind of fruit. It was something that Cain had. It was stuff that he worked with. And then Abel, he brought something that was something that he worked, the things that he had in his possession. And he brought the first of those things, the best of those things, including both the animal itself and the best part of the animal, the fat. And he offered those best things to God. And as God looked at both of those, he was satisfied with one and unsatisfied or dissatisfied with the other, causing Cain's face to fall. Worship it's just like this song said, the Lord has given us breath, and now we return it in praise. So Cain and Abel are bringing these sacrifices for a couple of different purposes. 
One of those purposes is more probably what Abel was doing. He was seeing the death of an animal. We'd seen the death of an animal already. God had made a sacrifice in the garden. He had covered, covered Adam and Eve and covered their sins, covered their shame. And so Abel, uh, Abel brought this, what we would think maybe is a sin sacrifice. Now, I know we often talk about, uh, when you've talked about this story, you've wondered, like, what was the problem? Well, what did he get wrong here? And some have thought maybe it's because Cain brought uh, some kind of fruit or grain, something that he uh, that was part of his garden as opposed to an animal. But, you know, it's okay to bring uh, those kinds of offerings to the Lord as well. Throughout the Old Testament, we see that there are different kinds of offerings that come from, not from animals, not from the shedding of blood, but they come from these, uh, or they are offerings. They are a way to bless uh, to bring a blessing to God, to say, thank you for what I've received, a, a kind of tithe and offering. So it wasn't because of the, the contents that, the, that one was better than the other. Although the both of them had different significance throughout the life of Israel in what, they, what, what that kind of worship meant. But it seems like the real problem is that, that Abel is bringing the best of what he has, and Cain is not bringing the best. He's bringing just what he has. Whatever be the case, God calls him on it. <laughs> and although it may not be perfectly clear to us exactly what the issue is, Cain knows what the issue is. And that's why he's upset. That's why his face goes from... His face drops. There are some things that are obvious in this story, and there are other things that are not so obvious. There, this begins at the very beginning with a list of failures in worship. Oh, I hope that we don't make the list. <laughs> you see, in Leviticus chapter 10, Aaron's sons are leading the people in worship, and they offer before God strange fire. That's a great that title for a book, isn't it? strange fire. And they are judged. In Luke chapter 18, we see uh, Jesus is talking about a Pharisee and a tax collector, and they both come to worship. They both come to church. And when they are there, the, the, tax, the, the, the Pharisee has these proud prayers that he's praying, and he says, God, thank you that I am not like that guy. <laughs> and this guy in the back can't even look up to heaven because he knows he's a sinner in need of forgiveness. And here is another picture of failed worship. In John chapter 4, Jesus visits with a woman at the well, and she wants to know, which mountain are we supposed to worship on? And, and Jesus says, you've got it wrong. You, you, are mis, you are misguided. Your people, you've been worshiping God all wrong. And in fact, not only you, but our people have been worshiping God because there's coming a time, and it is now, in which you will worship in spirit and truth. Failed worship. In Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira, Sapphira bring their gifts, right? And they lie to the Holy Spirit, and they are cut down in that moment by the Holy Spirit. They're killed. Failed worship. We want to get worship right then, don't we? Especially after we listen to Ananias and Sapphira. Why was, not, why was God not pleased? It still holds water for us today as we have to ask that question, what kind of worship is acceptable to God 
we can see that there is going to be a kind of worship. There is worship that is not. Let's look at uh, Cain for just a minute here as he makes this kind of offering. I mean, in some ways, we go like, well done you. I mean, you showed up. You know, you brought something. And oftentimes, our worship is like that too. Look, I, I showed up. But there's more to worship than that. Hebrews 11, 4 through 5 comments on Cain and Abel's sacrifice. In uh, Hebrews 11, 4 and 5, it says, By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. Abel was giving the best of what he had. He was giving in faith. Why? What would be faithful about giving your best? What's good about giving your best? Yeah. One, 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 it shows how you, what you think about God. Also, it lets you see, like, I can give my best because I trust this God. I trust that he'll provide for me again. I provide that this is not the end, that he will see me through to the end. You see, Abel offered his sacrifice in faith. And so we understand that Cain did not. So Cain is like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm just imagining, like, uh, I've got a couple turnips. You know, like, who wants turnips anyway, right? Oh, there may be some great turnip lovers here. I'm going to emails later on. but <laughs> So... Cain did not, did not worship in faith. Abel was worshiping in faith, and it was counted to him as righteousness. He had a, a proper perspective of God where he would only give his best. He had a, he had a proper understanding of himself and what God, that God would provide for him. That Although I'm giving of myself, I can trust the Lord is still going to provide for me. How is your worship? Do you come bringing your best? Do you come bringing anything to worship? In the, there, there are some famous uh, stories about missionary work, and as people raise support or, or told people in one country about the needs of folks in the other country, and they would send stuff over, and they'd send the crates of stuff, and then people would collect things. And there's, there's just famous stories of all the... And having worked at Faith Mission, and many of you have been around Faith Mission, like, people give, the, give junk. <laughs> and even giving, like, sending to Africa used tea bags. Have you heard that story before? And then it just made you go, ugh. You go, why would you do that? Well, it had a little tea left in it. Yeah. Not giving our best. Full of thanksgiving. So as you, we've come together today, what did you bring? Did you bring used tea bags? Or did you bring your best? Are, are, you, are you bringing something to him today?
First point of the message is, as you come to worship, be ready to give and be ready to receive. We both are giving our sacrifice. We are, we are coming ready to worship, to lift up our God. And at that very same time, as Abel gives this sacrifice, and knowing the sin that he, is, he has, uh, that has occurred in his life, also then receiving God's forgiveness. So we come to both give and receive. Point number two, um, come to worship in faith and humility. Be as able came. The word worship is a word that actually means, uh, and the Hebrew word for worship is a word that means to prostrate yourself, to fall forward, to be on your face in front of a superior. And so as we come into worship, is that the attitude of your heart? I'm going to admit, I, I got to confess to you, regularly that is not the, the, the attitude of my heart. So I'll confess that before you. But God is gracious with us, and it takes a little massaging, doesn't it? Once we get in here, like, wait a minute, wait a minute, get there, right? And we are blessed with a great sound team, uh, great musicians that help us move in that direction. And so our heart should be, as we are in this place, as we're having corporate worship together, we should be look, uh, having our eyes focused toward, God's, uh, toward God, acknowledging His glory and also our need. And be honest, just you coming through the door is a picture of faith. Like, I know, I need to come. I, I've got to. And there, isn't there so many things that keep us from coming? But your coming is this picture of faith. But once you get here, be a worshiper, a humbled worshiper, humble for him, not proud. The third thing that we can see in this story is that Cain and Abel are coming together for worship. Like it seems as if these guys are coming for sacrifice, and those sacri- uh, the, 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 the worship is even uh, differentiated by God. But there is an importance for us coming together as the people of God. We, especially in our generation, think as long as I have some kind of spiritual life, I don't need to be with other people. That's maybe what Cain would have thought too. Cain was a bad actor. That's the problem. It wasn't the sacrifice. It's Cain was a bad actor. And when he came around his brother, there were other things going on there, hidden things. And so God is calling them together. They need to be worshiping together because really what's needing to be unearthed is there's a problem with Cain's heart. And because there are two of them gathered together in worship, it causes some kind of conflict. And many times we don't want to be together in church because there's going to be some conflict. We don't quite get along. We're mad at somebody. And so we are moved away from worship. And we are moved away from worship. We're moved away from God. Because you can't be at peace with God and in enmity with your neighbor or with your brother. 
You have to get that stuff right before you can be at peace with God. So Cain and Abel coming together before God was necessary. Our communion together as the people of God is necessary in part because it unearths in us how we are separated from each other and how we can't be at peace with God unless we're at peace with each other. So let's come together. I know it's, it's more enjoyable for some to sit in a tent, you know, on Lake Somerville, Somerville and like, I'm having my worship right here. Well, that's great, but don't do it on the day of worship. Like, come together as the people of God. We must be in communion together and in communion with God. As you are singing the songs as the people of God, as we sing these worship songs together, these songs are not meant just to move you, although they move us. Amen. Amen. But they are part of our communal worship together. Oftentimes we think about our worship team up here as like Uber drivers. Like we, we come, we punch in the address, say, get us to the throne room of God, Right? And so they come in, and they're playing really good. And, and it's like Uber X here. I mean, they have like some, some nicer vehicles, you know. So we, we get in there, and we're like, all right, take us. And they <clears throat> turn on the music really loud, and we're like we're jamming along. And we're going, and then we get there, and we, we worship, and we feel like we were in the presence of God. And then think, rate your experience at the end. Well, that was pretty good. I'll give them a four or two or whatever it might be, right? But God has not called us to have worship teams that are Uber drivers, He's called us to be on the rowing team where we are all together in the boat. And the worship team is going, row, row, row. And, and we in unison as the people of God are making our way in worship together to the throne room of God. And we're rowing as we go. That's a picture of corporate worship. That we are participating together as the people of God. So church... Let's row. Let's row as we sing together. Let's row as we use our gifts in this service and outside of service. As we are the physical presence, the hands and feet of a loving God, touching our brothers and sisters and touching the world. For how we do those things sheds light on our relationship with God and the state of our heart. Just ask Cain. Finally, um, as Cable, as, as Cable, <laughs> that's what we'll call them together. As Cable was in this story, as, as Abel brings this sacrifice, you know, I think that that should have probably been Cain's sacrifice. It's okay to give grain offerings. It's from the produce. That's okay. But it looks like what really needs to happen is Cain, there was a sin that was in his heart that needed to be relieved. And what he needed was a blood sacrifice. That's really probably what should have happened. And, and it should have happened probably like this. Brother, I'm struggling. Can I give you some of, my, <laughs> some of my best grain? And can you give me something to sacrifice with? Because I'm not right. 
And I know what happened to mom and dad in the garden. And I know that I am responsible and I want to be forgiven. Can I borrow a goat? (laughs) Can I give you some stuff so that I can use that as my sacrifice? But that's far from Cain's mind. He is, he is worshiping in a perfunctory way. It means he's just walking around. He's just doing the thing, but he is, his heart is far from God, and his heart is far from his brother. The good news is what Cain and Abel didn't have, we have. That Jesus Christ has made a way for us. That he has died in our place. And so we can come with even greater enthusiasm than Cain and Abel because we know that our God has provided for us, that he has sacrificed his own son so that we can be at peace with God. He's not saying, I, I, I'm, I'm always going to be sitting and judging you. No, he's saying, come, come, I've made a way for you. So now we can sing with even greater enthusiasm and greater praise because the sacrifice has been made for you and me. So, brothers and sisters, now offer yourselves as living sacrifices in devotion, in service, with your time, with your gifting, with your money. Give him here your best. Give him your best. And inevitably, as you come to this place, and as I come to this place, and we, we get more insight into who God is, he, and the Holy Spirit convicts us again, our response is not to be like Cain and get mad and leave, but to confess and repent. But you know, my great joy, as I, you know, Casey, you did such a great job preaching last week. Thank you so much for, for leading us through the, in the Word and talking about guilt. And I've heard several people respond to that message, and they didn't talk about how smooth talking you were or how clever your illustrations were, but they said, you know, I was convicted. Oh, that's good stuff, right? And the people of God are continually convicted, and I love to hear that from you. You're so miserable. And you realize you need a God who is so great, and you have found him. And so I love to hear I love to experience myself this, uh, for our sins to be exposed, the hope to be revealed, to confess and repent. This is the way of God's people. I pray that as you come, as you continue to come and worship, that we would do so humbly before our Lord, that we would be our, bring our best to Him, and that we'd be a people who are ready to confess and repent. For this is the way of the people of God. Amen.